is a production of DallasCowboys.com and the Dallas Cowboys Football Club. How about this, Cowboys? Yeah! This, this is Mick Shots. Streaming live on DallasCowboys.com and the official Dallas Cowboys app. Now, here are Bill Jones, Everson Walls, and Mickey Spagnola. And it's time for another edition of Mick Shots, our final opportunity to get you ready for Thanksgiving Day as the Washington football team making their way to Dallas-Fort Worth, probably as we speak right now for the 3.30 kickoff tomorrow afternoon, the Cowboys and the football team, which has been something of a tradition here the last uh, the last three times now, Fox has had the Thursday afternoon game. It's been Washington that has been the Cowboys' opponent every other year. Bill Jones with Everson Walls and Mickey Spagnola wearing his Sunday best. Looking nice, looking TV sharp. TV responsibilities as well. I thought we were as, supposed uh, we, uh, to dress kick things. up. Thought we were supposed to dress up for this Thanksgiving <laughs> show. I <laughs> guess, uh, yeah. Obviously, Mickey wearing many hats here the last couple of days and um, doing his TV responsibilities. Just made it into the SWBC Mortgage Studios in time for his own show, uh, Mick Shots. And, of course, uh, right off the top, uh, we want to express our uh, thoughts and prayers to the Marcus Paul and his uh, family. And, uh, Mickey, perhaps you can give us an, an update. As everyone knows, uh, obviously, what happened on uh, on Tuesday morning. And uh, practice gets canceled for the day yesterday. And uh, uh, family in town. And uh, Marcus Paul at this hour uh, hospitalized at a local hospital after the medical emergency uh, at the Star just before 7.30 yesterday morning. Yeah, Bill. And... Um you know, the uh, Cowboys did a very good job of getting his uh, family members here uh, while he's in uh, the hospital. And we've seen uh, various uh, Facebook posts and uh, tweets when, from family members, uh, one from his daughter, one from a niece, kind of updating uh, everybody on everything. And uh, I believe it was his uh, daughter that uh, pointed out that he was in... Um, uh, he was on, basically on life support right now. So uh, I think Jerry Jones mentioned it when he did his round of interviews uh, this morning with the TV stations uh, for the uh, Red Kettle campaign, the Thanksgiving Day game, pointed out it's kind of a grave situation. So, uh, yeah, it's a, it's a pretty tough day, but the Cowboys did go out and, and hold their practice uh, today after canceling yesterday's practice. Uh, they were in shells, and I could tell that the coaching staff was trying to do their best to create some, just kind of create some focus, create some uh, noise, and, and, and maybe kind of lighten the situation up. I, I noticed that, uh, and by the way, you know, they weren't allowing independent media into the practice today. It's kind of an NFL deal going on right now. Uh, so uh, myself and our teammate Rob Phillips, we were the pool reporters, and so we were the only ones in there watching and uh, kind of gave everybody uh, an idea of what went on. But I noticed the music during the stretch was much louder uh, than normal. Uh, the other thing 
that I noticed is the assistant coaches were were chirping. They, they they were a little bit more vocal and loud in trying to get everybody's attention. Uh, and then the other obviously noticeable change was without Marcus Paul there, uh, Harold Nash, one of the strength and con conditioning uh, department's assistants, was leading the the team stretch. So. Uh, they seem to be uh, kind of, you know, into it, so that, that's a good thing. And I don't know if they would have had shells on today or not, uh, but that's a, probably a little bit more physical practice on Wednesday than they normally would have had. Well, you uh, look at this uh, situation, it's such a, a tragic situation, what's going on, and uh, and yet uh, there's a football game that has to be played on uh, on mm. Thursday afternoon, and uh, uh, you know it's it's a difficult situation to begin with, just getting ready for the football game on a short week like this. But uh, uh, especially with the from a, an emotional standpoint for this team, I think the one thing that uh, should be pointed out uh, with a with a uh, strength and conditioning coach, the relation. Maybe Everson, you can talk to this a little bit. The relationship that a strength and conditioning coach has with the players may be as close as any as any coach has uh, with players on the team. When you consider uh, what they uh, how close they are to them during the off season, and uh, many head coaches in this league talk about their their strength coaches being their off season head coach, uh, and so you can only imagine what's going through the minds of these players as they. Uh, as one of the family members is going through something uh, like this right now. Well, it, it lets you know uh, how sacred that position is because you really don't uh, see many strength coaches coming through an organization. They don't like running them through as if they're running through a, a mill or something. Uh, I would call Bob Ward was, was my strength and conditioning coach. He was there for a long time, uh, very innovative in some of the techniques. He was one of the more uh, innovative strength coaches probably in the NFL. Um, you know, they had the defensive linemen doing all sorts of things with their hands. I think we were ahead of the game in that regard because of Bob Ward. As a matter of fact, they brought in, uh, uh, I forget the Asian young man's name, but he became very close with Randy White, Too Tall Jones, Harvey Martin, John Dutton, because he, the hand movement in, in uh, martial arts is the same movement that you use when you're coming up against a wide receiver, man-to-man, uh, -man, or even when a defensive lineman is coming off the line of scrimmage. All those hand moves, the Cowboys were taught that by the, the Bob Ward's strength and conditioning uh, innovator. Uh, I forget, like I said, I forget the Asian young man's name, but he was very prominent in what we did. Uh, Mike Worsett came right after him. So, you know, we're talking just in, that's a th almost a 20-year span. You've only got two strength and conditioning coaches. I don't know uh, how Mr. Paul got through there uh, and, and how many have been through, but regardless of that, just um, that's how close they are to players uh, because you don't bring that many in. Uh, these people are innovative in how they can almost individually attack whatever a person's weakness is and make him a better player. Uh, I must admit, you know, I, I hate it 
working out. I hated lifting weights. I just <laughs> did. Bob Ward just used to, he would see me coming in and he would automatically just shake his head because he knew I wasn't going to do much. <laughs> but they were always there for the core of the team. The big guys, they're the ones that he depends on. They have a great relationship. So uh, for Marcus Paul to have to go through this and his family to have to go through this around Thanksgiving, I'm sure those memories uh, will always be there for them, unfortunately. And uh, for this team, I know that, you know, it seems a bit insensitive to the layperson that, that doesn't follow sports much, but the show must go on. It's just the way it is. And uh, I'm sure this Cowboy team would rather uh, talk about their conditioning coach uh, in the aftermath of a Cowboys win rather than, you know, after a Cowboys loss. So that's how you get the whole, you know, emotional dedication to his, his memory in this particular ball game. And I'm sure that's what the coaches and the players' goal is to make sure that they respect his memory and play as hard as they can, win or lose, just give it all you got just for his, for his sake and for his family's sake. Hey, let me, let me say this, Everson uh, and Mickey. You know, here's the – think about and, – and we're, we're all praying for a miracle for Marcus Paul. Yeah, yeah. Um, but the best way to honor Marcus Paul – think about what Marcus Paul has spent his life doing, his life's work has been getting football players ready to play a football game. And, uh, and, and the best way for these players to honor Marcus Paul with what he's going through right now is to get themselves in the, in the most difficult week there is to get ready to play a football game, to get themselves ready just like Marcus Paul would get them ready to play. And, and we hear coaches, head coaches around the league uh, Ron Rivera, in fact, uh, knows Marcus Paul. They were uh, at Chicago at the, together. He opened up his press conference after he heard the news. First thing he said was talking about uh, Marcus Paul. There are other coaches who have done the same this week. He is widely respected across the league. And you think about the devotion that he has given to uh, getting football players ready to play games over the 22, 23-year career as a strength coach in this league. Uh, has five Super Bowl rings to show for it. Uh, three mm. with the Patriots, <laughs> two in a 12-year stint with the New York Giants. Uh, I mean, that, that's the way you honor uh, Marcus Paul right now if you're a football player for this team. And, Bill, and, you, you know, know I you think, think one of the it, things we should, we should do, and, and I know you um, uh, found a tweet from his niece, but uh, yesterday when there was some confusion, had he passed away or not, uh, his, his daughter... Uh, Tabitha Clary uh, posted this on Facebook, and I thought it was, it spoke a lot about where the family was and what they thought uh, of, his, of their father. Uh, she posted and said, please keep my dad in your prayers. Uh, he is not gone yet. The doctors are doing everything they can possibly do for him. He is on life support, and we are praying for a miracle. God has brought the dead back to life before, and I need to believe that it can happen uh, for my dad. I can't lose my dad yet. There's still so much he has to watch me do, and so much of my life I need him to be a part of. Please pull through this, Dad. Please keep praying for everyone. 
uh, praying everyone. And she posted that yesterday. Uh, and again, when we're doing our show, it's almost quarter to two. So these are the updates we have at uh, this point in case anybody's listening to this later on uh, today. And I know um, his niece, uh, Bill, you can uh, speak to that. Uh, she gave an update on how the Cowboys were graciously trying to get the family members here uh, for them. Yep, uh, and I don't have the tweet in front of me right now, but uh, she said that uh, his children uh, flew in last night and uh, his dad and other family members making their way to Dallas today. And, you know, uh, Jerry Jones, the Jones family, is doing all they can to take care of that family right now and make sure that they are all uh, – get whoever wants to to fly in uh, or has the ability to fly in he's making sure that that happens uh, over the last 24 hours and you have to you have to feel for the family of course because let's face it our age guys we've all been there we have all been there uh, you know no one wants to look forward to what your future might be in that regard because we've seen it happen to our parents we've seen it happen to our loved ones as well I know exactly the position they're in. My mom was in the same position. Uh, my, my dad was in the position as well. I'm sure you guys could speak on that. And I know that it's a lot of people out there going through a lot of stuff. You know, this, this 2020 has been, man, if you come through 2020, then you're a blessed human being. But for those who, who had, that have lost loved ones, it is something that uh, uh, we're not trying to prioritize his life over anyone else's life. But we're just really trying to empathize with them, just like we would empathize with anyone else who goes through that. Because, like I said, we've all, if we haven't gone through it, we're going to go through it. So, Mickey, you were the pool reporter out at practice today? You and uh, Nick Eatman? Me, right? and, me and Rob Phillips, yes. Rob Phillips, okay. And, and we uh, saw about mm, 15 minutes, maybe. Uh, you know, it's the normal thing. We saw the the team stretch, uh, and then they get into individual drills, and then they broke into some special team stuff. And uh, I can tell you that uh, everybody was accounted for, so even the guys that were on uh, the list of maybe not projected, mm -hmm. not practicing on Monday or limited, uh, everybody was out there, so that includes Anthony Brown. I believe he was on the list. Uh, Greg Zerline was on the list. He was there stretching. Uh, we saw Zeke uh, and Sean Lee working on the uh, resistant cords before they got into their part of the practice. Uh, but yeah, everybody uh, was there, and, and as I said, uh, it, it seemed to be, uh, you know, more upbeat than you might have expected. Uh, guys were moving around, and uh, and the coaches were doing all they can. And I'm sure, you know, Mike McCarthy talked to him and said, "Hey, let's let's make sure that we're not kind of dragging along. Let's make sure we're loud. Let's make sure we're on point uh, with our instructions and getting everything moving." So. Uh, and the good thing was, is and, you know, we got to get past the national anthem, but all the offensive linemen mm -hmm. that are healthy were there, right? So uh, they might, they might be able to start the same five in consecutive weeks for the first time. That's good news. <laughs> How big of a difference is that to the last time the Cowboys played this Washington football team? Because. Uh, the last time they played, uh, if, if memory serves me right, Brandon Knight was starting at left tackle. And coming into this season, he had one career start. Connor Williams was the left guard. 
Tyler Biotis, a rookie with no career starts, of course, before this season was your starting center. Connor McGovern uh, was making his first start at right guard. And the right tackle was Terrence Steele, also a rookie. And, one uh, one, and so, one and change, this, actually one change to that, Bill. Uh, Brandon Knight got injured in practice that week. So the guy that they had been okay. relying as the backup to tie to Tyrone Crawford because Cam Irving got hurt in the first game. Remember, it was his second special team snap, okay. and he hurt his knee. So Brandon Knight got forced into a starting role when Tyrone went down. Tyrone came back, and then they had the surgery. Right. So Brandon Knight, and if you remember, I said that week, I said, you know what? I never thought I'd be sitting here saying, oh, my gosh, they don't have Brandon Knight, right? So Cam Irving, <laughs> so Cam Irving was making his first start of the season for the Cowboys in that game at left tackle. That's right. That's right. So the only guy that was right. still standing was Connor, Connor Williams. Uh, Beatish was making his third start. Uh, McGovern, you were right, his first start, and then Terrence Steele. So you had two rookies out there, uh, uh, and, and basically three if you look at McGovern because he didn't play all last year. So you basically had three rookies, and guess what happened? The Cowboys quarterbacks suffered six sacks, eight quarterback hits, and they had Washington had six tackles for losses. And one of those sacks was a sack fumble. The Cowboys recovered in the end zone uh, for a Washington safety. Can I talk about Zach Martin? Yes. Because nobody else is. He did a great job the other day. Yep. You know, I, I, I know how tough it is to change positions. And, you know, we talk about as, as players, it's a, it's a fine line between safety and cornerback or guard and tackle, offensive guard and offensive tackle. Uh, those kind of things really are – those finite differences that can make or break a player's uh, success on a particular play. I thought Zach Martin did a great job filling in at tackle. He's usually playing at guard. And uh, playing that, that, that tackle and going against that defensive end, I know it's not the left side, but that right side is just as important. And to see what he did in that ball game, uh, I thought it really kind of helped shore up any inconsistencies we had throughout the entire line. I thought that's why we were so successful running the ball. Uh, he helped show up some young kids that really need his leadership in there. And uh, all I saw was uh, an old school Cowboys ball game that I had been looking forward to seeing for a long time. And that's why Zeke got his yards and that's why Pollard was able to be as successful as he was. Zach Martin really came through for us. And when you do something like that and it's quiet, that's the best kind. You know, don't make a lot of noise. Go in there and just be a professional and do your job and kick somebody's ass. And that's what he did. He did the whole game. <laughs> I'm serious. He did the whole game. Well, and he, he makes Connor McGovern a better player inside at right guard, too. I mean, when, when McGovern's got two veterans on either side of him as yes. opposed to the, the last time where he had two rookies on either side of him, uh, he might – uh, you know, things are going to work out a little bit better for him. You feel like your, your armor is a little bit wet, a little bit better put together. <laughs> you know, you just might make sure that the veteran might, just might make sure that that uh, young right guard 
picks up that blitzing linebacker and not the blitzing safety. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Which in that Washington Which game with Cole Holcomb. That, that, that coordination. And, that coordination makes Nelson. all the right. difference in the world on any pass play. We've sat here and, and Spags will go over critical situations all the time. And uh, those critical situations was really a, a bad turn for us. But when you have a, a veteran in there and you, everything just goes smoothly, nothing critical at all, that's what you want, just a quiet, normal transition uh, to success. All right, we're just getting started on this edition of Mix Shots. So much to get to as we get you ready for the Cowboys and the football team on Thanksgiving Day in just a moment. Hey there, Cowboys fans. With Tide Cleaners at-home pickup and delivery, cleaning your clothes has never been more convenient. Simply sign up at your local store, set out your dirty clothes, and one of our Tide Cleaners professionals will come directly to your home for a totally contactless experience. Your clean garments will be returned promptly the next scheduled delivery day, so skip the errand and enjoy life, not laundry. Visit TideCleaners.com or your local store to sign up for Tide Cleaners at-home pickup and delivery today. The Cowboys way, where 16 Hall of Famers and five championships shows us what success looks like. Where turkey is always the second best part of Thanksgiving Day. Where we are all defined by one single thing, the star. Where we as fans know it's our job to keep the tradition going. Bank of America is proud to be the official bank of the Dallas Cowboys and to support the quest of living life the Cowboys way. Copyright 2020, Bank of America Corporation. Grab some OtterBox gear and get ready for hanging with the boys. From rugged venture coolers to tough-as-nails elevation tumblers, we've got what you need to keep your game day drinks frosty and your football feast ice cold. And with cases, screen protectors, and power accessories, you can defend your phone and stay connected to every play. Gear up at OtterBox.com and amp up the fun of every Cowboys game. That's OtterBox.com. We're back with a tasty treat that's sweeping airwaves and taste buds. It's new Dr. Pepper and Cream Soda. Let's take a listen. Dr. Pepper and Cream Soda's here. A new combo that's music to my ears, okay. Let's play. Cream Soda and Dr. Pepper time. Pour it in a glass of ice. Ah, music to my ears and mouth. New Dr. Pepper and Cream Soda. A delicious duet. To Mick Shots. The Dr. Pepper Big 12 Championship returns to AT&T Stadium on December 19th when Oklahoma hosts one of two one of two teams that's still in contention for the Big 12 Championship. Tickets on sale now at SeatGeek.com. Get yours before they sell out. And neither one of you even reacted to that. I love, I, no, first of all, I know which one you want in there. <laughs> I know which one, and I know which one I want in there, so we are in agreement here. Mickey, Mickey, Mickey's so focused, he didn't even hear me say, when Oklahoma hosts one of two teams, Iowa State or Texas. We I know who it won't be. Hey, we know who it won't be. Huge game on Friday, by the way, as uh, Texas plays Iowa State at 11 o'clock and if Texas wins that game, look out. It could be a rematch. Texas versus Oklahoma in the Big 12 championship game. But Iowa State's got a pretty good team this year. They better get so it. There you go. Big 12, 
No Missouri? Uh, no Missouri anywhere? Uh, well, they're in the SEC. That happened about 10 years ago, Everson. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Tickets on sale wide. That still won't be Missouri. SEC or Big 12. Still, no Missouri. <laughs> <laughs> they made it to the SEC uh, championship game one year, didn't they? Twice. Was that 10 years Mickey? ago? Well, they made it Was to the Big 12 ago? twice, by the way. <laughs> yeah, that's right. How'd that work out for them? Well, they ran into Oklahoma, I think, both times. <laughs> there we go. And they that's made it to the SEC the one, didn't they? That's and then they went to the, the SEC answer. and they ended up playing uh, Auburn. And... Uh, it was at Auburn. That was Cam Newton? It was a – no, was it Cam It was 2012 maybe, I want to say. I don't I know bet if it that was, was Cam. Cam Newton. Uh, I, 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 all I know is the running back is still gaining yards against him. <laughs> He's still <laughs> ran, running. No, they, He's they, still listen, running. <laughs> they went into the fourth quarter. The game was like 41 to 38 or something like that, and – and, and, and Auburn wow. ran for 500 yards, and Missouri scored 40-some points and got beat. Got beat. Guy ran for – they ran mm. for 500 yards. Guess who was yelling at the was defensive – Was that Blaine, Blaine Gabbert? Uh, <laughs> no, it was Franklin, um, the, the quarterback. Oh, yeah, James Franklin from Lake Dallas. From Lake Dallas. Yeah. Uh, I was yeah. yelling at the defensive coordinator to try to help him out. He just wouldn't listen to me on what he was doing on the <laughs> offensive line. They're running for 500 yards on you, and he's playing He's playing a three-man front. And it's like, okay, they're running on you, and they're picking off your linebackers with 320-pound offensive linemen. What are you doing? He didn't listen. Okay, that we sounds, move forward that now. Familiar. That sounds <laughs> very familiar. But speaking of <laughs> fast forward about eight years. But speaking of that and not being able to stop the run, the Cowboys better buckle down because in the first time I got reminded today when I was looking at the stats that Washington ran for 208 yards against the Cowboys the first time around, and they only and think about this, they got 208 in that game. And they only average now, going into game 11, 99 yards a game rushing. So that tells you that they okay, don't me... really run the ball that well, but they ran it against the Cowboys. And that also tells you that those days are over. The Cowboys are now a solid defensive squad. Now, we're not going to shut anybody down, but we're not. I just think those – those days of gaping holes that we we saw early in the, the, the Arizona game, in the Washington game, all, I think we're going to be done with that. I think our coordination is so much better up front with our front seven. I think our issues are going to be trying to play against the pass. Anytime we've got a good receiver coming into, into the uh, ball game, we always seem to somehow let him have his way through our secondary. And I'm still upset about our technique. I talked about the other day uh, when we can get Brown and, and, and Awuzier to adjust their technique to man-to-man inside, man, it would be such a total difference in their uh, success. Uh, I recall Tom Landry hated uh, the way I played cornerback. Uh, he hated the way that I kept my eye on the receiver and the quarterback at the same time. Uh, 
He called it cluing. I just called it playmaking. For some reason, he gave it another name. And uh, as much as he hated that I did it, he was happy with the success. <laughs> so I like to compare myself and guys like, you're, you'll like this one, uh, uh, Bill, Dick LeBeau. Remember Dick? Dick LeBeau? Yeah, yeah. Dick LeBeau was as slow as I was. All right? <laughs> but... He had about 50-plus interceptions, just like I did. So I would, I would be his heir, so to speak. And we were both good at keeping everything in our sights. Tony Romo talked about eyes back to the, to, the, to the play. We always kept our eye on the ball. That's when you see the balls in the air. Guys like Dick, myself, and, and interceptors, we think it's ours as much as theirs. And so I would dare call Dick and myself the Leonardo da Vinci of cornerbacks. <laughs> Tom Landry considered what we did heresy. <laughs> he hated it. But it was something that, in the end, was proven out. So trailblazers like Dick LeBeau, I want to thank them, and I want to ask the defensive backs to this day to take that into consideration. Keep your eye back on the quarterback. Keep, your, keep the other eye in the peripheral on your wide receiver. And by God, make some plays on the ball. I promise you, it's been done throughout history. There's nothing new about this. The Cowboys secondary needs to, especially their cornerbacks, they got to step up and keep those inside routes from killing us all game long. That's Dick my mixed shots rant, by the way. I'm sorry. <laughs> I, I, I know it's early for that. A little early for Dick that. Dick LeBeau that's my had 62 rant. interceptions in his Hall of Fame career. He got me by that much? Man, 62. I wouldn't even brought his name up if I would have known he got me by that much. I only got 57. <laughs> 57, that's right. I don't know no, how many no, he had Dick in the postseason. was the man. Though. He was you the man with no speed, postseason. but he had, he had great four. recognition. Yeah. Well, he played for the Lions, so there wasn't a lot of postseason for him. <laughs> <laughs> well, we don't count postseasons anyway, so who cares? By the way, on that topic, I think that uh, like C.D. Lamb had the two-point conversion, and I think that the the stats on two-point conversions need to be included into the game stats. Myself, that's just a little piece of mine. They are not interesting. No. Interesting. Right. I think so. That doesn't be a even count on for... his career touchdowns. Then no, not a, no. Wow. No, and it should be. I don't think it should count as a touchdown. It should count as a. There ought to be a separate category. PAT touch. You know. If you uh, make a catch like that, it should count yeah. as a touchdown. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry, it, I think that was, it depends on the degree. Of that difficulty. was a touchdown. That was a touchdown <laughs> catch. I'm talking touchdown. about the option the, run. The, the option gotcha. Run. Okay, my yeah. bad. My bad. Right. Exactly. Um, all right, Mickey, uh, Luke Gifford, a little bit of news about Luke Gifford. He's out the next couple of games. Tested positive for performance-enhancing uh, drug uh, and uh, gets suspended for two games. And I don't know if that's a new thing because before, uh, even the first-time offenders would get suspended immediately for four games. So I don't know if that's something that uh, was changed or what, or maybe he it wasn't as offensive as previous times when we've seen it. But yeah, maybe uh, it was. They lose the special teams guy basically. Maybe he tested what I, positive what I for taking five-hour in energy instead. <laughs> <laughs> what, what I what I recall back in the day, Spags. Uh, the first time that you're tested positive, then there is no announcement. 
Anytime that it's, it's known to be uh, uh, public, then that's at least the second time. Well, uh, the way it used to work, it, that was the way it worked for testing for... Uh, Not anymore. It, it was for, um, what did they call it? It was for basically marijuana. Uh, recreational. So recreational, Re recreational drugs, but when it was a mm -hmm. PED, you were slapped right away with four games. Uh, so th I don't know mm. the two game what it is, but uh, they lose uh, basically a special teams player. So uh, I would imagine that uh, Bernard will be. Uh, well, he was active this last game, and I'm sure he'll continue to be active. Uh, they'll have to keep him up. So yeah, they they did lose him. And um, well, let's see. We're up against. We're at the top of the hour. We're going to come back here. We we need to break down exactly what the Cowboys need to do to beat this Washington football team. We got our picks. We got a lot to include in our next segment. I want to make sure we got plenty of time for it before we get into another topic right now. So let's take our our final break, and we're back to get you set for three thirty on Thursday afternoon in just a moment. We're back with a tasty treat that's sweeping airwaves and taste buds. It's new Dr. Pepper and Cream Soda. Let's take a listen. Dr. Pepper and Cream Soda's here. A new combo that's music to my ears. Okay, let's play. Cream Soda and Dr. Pepper time. Pour it in a glass of ice. Ah, music to my ears and mouth. New Dr. Pepper and Cream Soda. A delicious duet. Dear, it's 1908. Don't you think we should get electricity? Hmm, and stop using candles to see at night. It's just electricity lights up the room fast. It's more reliable than candles blowing out, and people seem to love it nationwide. Well, candles are... Oh. Dear, did you just run into the wall? Nope. May I have a new candle, please? Historically, switching to new technology is a no-brainer. Today, it's AT&T 5G. Fast, reliable, secure, and nationwide. Switch to AT&T 5G. It's not complicated. 5G requires compatible plan. May not be in your area. See att.com slash 5G for you for details. I'm Jay Novacek, former tight end for the Dallas Cowboys. Back in the day, I was the guy who always got the tough yards, and that's why I run with John Deere today. In fact, I have a John Deere 3025E tractor that can handle any yard work I need to do, even the tough yards way out back. So if you have one acre or a thousand, John Deere has the equipment that's just right for you. Visit a John Deere dealer today and run with us. We are the official tractor provider of your Dallas Cowboys. There's nothing as unique as our eyes, which is why Essilor pioneers ways to make lenses as unique as you. Verilux for super sharp vision, Essential Blue for protection, and Grisol for freedom from glare. Three cutting-edge solutions in a single unique lens. So whatever your needs, insist on Essilor. Visit your local Essilor experts and find the perfect lens for you. See more. Do more. Essilor. Mixed shots. Find out about this year's Dallas Cowboys cheerleaders. Making the team is the most competitive yet. Don't miss new episodes of season 15 every Tuesday night at 9 p.m. Central on CMT. All right, we're getting you ready for Thanksgiving Day and only two games instead of three games. And this uh, affects the Cowboys a little bit going forward next week, too, as, of course, you know about the COVID situation with the Baltimore Ravens and their scheduled game against the Steelers now pushed back to Sunday, so they will not be playing on Thursday night. 
And, uh, of course, the Cowboys' next opponent after Washington a week from uh, Thursday against those Ravens. So the Ravens will be working on a short week next week um, when they take on the Cowboys, host the Cowboys. Welcome to the club. See, we do that every year. (laughs) (laughs) Well, every team does it every year. You know, they try to set it up now. And and what the Cowboys have been doing, or the NFL has been doing with the Cowboys recently, is they play the Thursday, the Thanksgiving Day game, and then their other Thursday game. That's the difference now. The Cowboys are getting two Thursday games. And so their Thursday night game, uh, part of that package, is usually scheduled the week after their Thanksgiving Day game. Um, and, and, And that's what they've tried to do with the Cowboys' opponent, too, for those games, because that's why Baltimore played on Thanksgiving. Uh, but, you know, COVID hit, and so Baltimore is going to be working on a short week next week. Yeah, I'm not Don't sure. Don't you know they, Dez is looking? I'm not sure they do anybody any gonna, favors, though, making them play three games in 12 days. And I understand yeah. why they do Thursday to Thursday, but uh, that's a long, that's a tough haul, especially when two of the three games are on the road. Yep. Yeah. How much Everson, uh, you know, the Cowboys not practicing yesterday, and so I'm sure that there was there's a lot of stuff going on as far as studying Washington. And the fortunate thing for the Cowboys is they just played them here last month. Exactly. How, how do you, how do you how does that affect the team? You think uh, on this short week not being out on the field on Tuesday? Well, to me, I think it's a blessing uh, to 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 have a short week and it be a a, a divisional t- opponent. That's a good thing. You played them once already this year. Uh, if I'm not mistaken, do they still have the same quarterback? Is he still in? Well, well Alex Smith Alex is starting. So, Alex. Now that that is the, that is a big difference. I I, I like Alex Smith. Uh, he's a guy that I would not discount simply because he has so much to prove. Every time he comes out into a ball game, Alex Smith feels like he's been blessed. Uh, after the, the horrific injury that he had a couple of years ago and for him to be back out there playing. And when I tell you he has been throwing that ball all over the field, uh, that's something the Cowboys are going to have to be prepared for. I don't think they're going to try and run much against the Cowboys at all. I think it's going to, if, if it doesn't work early on for Washington, I think they're going to end up happily uh, allowing Alex Smith to call plays right there on the field uh, whatever he feels, and if he feels like he needs to open it up over and over again, he's been doing that for the past two or three weeks. So his arm's not tired. I don't know how his knee is doing. It seems like it's doing well, but his arm is not tired because he has been throwing it all over the field. I think the Cowboys themselves have to just really concentrate on how they're going to be able to stop the big plays against this Redskins offense because if they can do that, I see us controlling the tempo of this ballgame. You know, I got to look at the Washington uh, quarterback situation. Of course, I'm not even uh, uh, including Dwayne Haskins in the mix here because he hasn't been in the mix here lately for them. But I I look at the uh, Kyle Allen versus Alex Smith for Washington, kind of the same as Garrett Gilbert versus Andy Dalton uh, for the Cowboys. I think Kyle Allen and Garrett Gilbert are a lot alike. They were at Carolina at the same time. Allen actually started ahead of Gilbert. Gilbert was on the practice squad a lot of the time there. But but what Gilbert showed in his one start for the Cowboys this year, I think both these teams are better 
with obvious, uh, clearly with the veteran quarterback Alex Smith for Washington, Andy Dalton uh, for Dallas, and so I think they're they're both giving it their best shot. And, and the other thing that's happened since then is the way Philadelphia has spit the bit. Uh, everything is tightened up to where you know everyone's in a virtual tie right now for first place in the NFC East. There's so much riding on this game as far as getting a leg up on everybody in the East. I got to tell you guys, we have been talking so much about Philadelphia. And of course, we as Cowboy fans, everyone's afraid if Dallas was to get hot. Redskins hadn't really been talked about that much. But the team that we should be prepared for, and I know it's coming up soon, those New York Giants are looking really, really solid. And if anyone makes me nervous at this point, I would rather put, I think I'm, I'm more afraid of the Giants right now than I am of any other team in the NFC East. Well, when the Cowboys play the Giants, they're just hoping that they're in playoff contention at that point because that's the last game of the regular season. And you have to go to New Jersey to play it, too. That's, that's going to be tough. All right, let's get into. We got six minutes left here, uh, so uh, and let, unless Mickey, you got something else uh, before we get into our picks to click and no, the picks thing for I, the game. You know, the what thing else I you just, want to throw out? The, the other thing I talked about, I, I just thought about when you were talking about Alex Smith and everything and controlling their big play uh, in in the passing game. Which, by the way, that's how they opened up the game right against the Cowboys the first time. The fifty-two yard uh, touchdown pass to McLaurin when they caught uh, Diggs looking inside. Uh, while we talk about the uh, Washington's ability uh, to sack quarterbacks, they have 32, their quarterbacks have been sacked 32 times also. So teams have been able to put pressure uh, on their quarterbacks, and that's something I think imperative that this Cowboy defense does. That'll help out the secondary. You get pressure uh, on opposing quarterbacks, and then they, 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 they'll make some throws for you, or to you, I should say. So that's one thing that I think that uh, it could swing this game either way. Their ability to put the pressure on the Cowboys quarterbacks, but the Cowboys need to have the ability to put the pressure on Washington quarterbacks. Let's not forget, they have a hell of a wide receiver uh, in, in uh, what's his name? Law Terry McLaurin. McLaurin. Yeah. yeah, McLaurin. Sorry, McLaurin. Uh, this guy is just as deadly as any receiver we've gone up against this year. Uh, he's big, fast, and strong, and he's dependable. So Alex is going to be looking at him. One thing that I've always talked about, great defensive coaches always make the opposition do things that they're not accustomed to doing. We need to make sure that no matter what, McLaren does not get a um, 10 reception, 100 plus yard day. If we can hold him down, it gives us a chance to win this ball game. All right, let's uh, talk about that. Uh, who's your pick to click, Everson? My pick to click, uh, I have to say the Cowboys have been very good at not just being successful, but keeping penalties down in this last, uh, this last stretch. And that has really kept us in every ball game. It's kind of, it, 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 it allowed us to have manageable situations time and time again. And what we do with that is when, we, when we're in that position offensively, we tote that rock. And I'm, I'm loving the way we're toting the rock right now. Your boy Pollard is having a great year. Everyone's talking about we need to have him as a starter and all of that. 
I think this game, Zeke is going to continue to show people why he was our first-round draft pick and why he's going to get another 1,000-plus yards this year. My pick to click is I was going to pick the offensive line, but I think y'all got kind of upset at me last week because I picked the whole linebacker unit. <laughs> I'm not going to do that anymore. I'm looking for Zeke Elliott to get off because of that offensive line and the way Zach Martin and the guys are playing. And uh, so he's my pick to click. And my score, of course, Cowboys winning, best case scenario, 26 to 13. A lot 26 of 13. Yes, sir. A lot of field goals in this game. Okay. That would be four field goals for Greg Zerline. Mm-hmm. Unless there is a funky way of scoring some points. In this <laughs> well, game. hey, that could trust me. That could happen as well. <laughs> <laughs> Safety. All right, Mickey. What? Yeah. What, what are you thinking, points. Mickey? Yeah, we can go on and uh, on. Yeah. I am thinking that this Cowboys defensive front uh, has been improving and improving. So I'm not going to do like Everson and take the whole defensive front. Okay, <laughs> I'm going to just pick one guy out, and I like the fact that the Cowboys had been playing. Uh, Alden Smith, when they're in their four-man front in nickel, they've been playing Alden Smith inside. And I think he can give uh, the Washington offensive line problems, not only from the defensive end spot, but from that inside spot, too. So uh, my pick-to-click is is Alden. And I think I'm not allowed to pick the Cowboys because I said I wouldn't pick them to win again until they won two. (laughs) You can pick a tie, I guess. I could. uh, But I think they have a very good chance of continuing the momentum they have in winning this game. Uh, So if I was going to pick them to win, I would have picked them 26-23. So I'll pick the Redskins because I'm obligated to do it. uh, 26-23 Washington. Boy, he danced. Oh, he danced all around. Boy, you, you are Sammy Davis Jr., man. Oh, hey, but my I didn't God. want to go back on my word, you know? <laughs> I hear you. That's right. He, hey, he can pick- I want to add on to that, though. Randy Gregory's been balling, guys. Yes. I, can't, yeah. I, I think he's going to have just, a great game as well. Hopefully he's healthier Gregory's and he gets, more, he gets more snaps because he only had 16 yes, in his last he's- game. Extremely yeah. aggressive. Yeah, still extremely had three quarterback pressures right. uh, with the uh, with the sixteen snaps on. That's uh, right, Minnesota. That's and and right. along those lines, I'm going with Demarcus Lawrence is my pick to click. I think you know Demarcus is kind of the emotional leader at defense, and uh, and I can see him really stepping up. And I think he's been playing uh, well here lately, uh, especially against the run. And so, but I think he's he's going to have an opportunity to get to the quarterback in this game too. Uh, I think uh, so he I'm might also. I, I don't mean use it, but I think I think with the issues that they're having now with the strength coach, I think I think uh, Demarcus Lawrence is really going to take that to heart. And yeah. I think he's going to be a very emotional player just for that family and for, for, for Coach Paul. Yeah, and yep. I'll give you so, guys, uh, and I'm I know we're, we're almost out of time, but I'll give you what I think there's a lot of keys to the game, but I think the big key for this, and we kind of talked about it at the top, is that this team focuses. It's been a tough week, yeah. uh, an emotional week. Uh, who knows what happens between short now week. and the yeah. kickoff. But they've got to be able to kind of compartmentalize and focus on what they need to do. You don't have to be overly emotional, but you've got to focus. And the mental part of this game may be more important than the physical, just with this cloud. I'm of sure, I'm sure, I'm sure if Marcus could say something, if Marcus could say something, 
That's what he would want right there, Spags. That's perfect. Mm -hmm. All right, that does it for mixed shots. Happy Thanksgiving, everybody. And uh, we will reconvene on Monday at 1.30 for the next edition of Mixed Shots. And the Ravens will be fast approaching by then. <laughs> Have a great Thanksgiving, everybody. Go Cowboys. This has been a production of DallasCowboys.com and the Dallas Cowboys Football Club. How about this, Cowboys? Yeah!